In 1990s Home Alone, Kevin McAllister is left all alone when his family up and leaves. They just leave him. He's far too young to be left alone. I mean, this movie is completely irresponsible. This family should be put in jail. But they're not, and thankfully, we get this movie as a result. When Kevin is left alone, he originally thinks it's going to be great. He's going to eat junk food. He's going to watch scary gangster movies. He's going to stay up way too late. And originally, it is awesome. But eventually, he finds himself too lonely to function on his own, and he really starts to miss his family. That's when he encounters a mall Santa on the street getting back into his car, and he stops him to make a very special Christmas request, and that's the scene you're going to hear right now. Can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah, if you make it quick, Santa's got a little get-together he's late for. Okay. I know you're not the real Santa Claus. What makes you say that? Just out of curiosity. I'm old enough to know how it works. All right. But I also know that you work for him. I'd like you to give him a message. Shoot. I'm Kevin McAllister, 671 Lincoln Boulevard. Do you need the phone number? Ah, that's right. Okay, this is extremely important. Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. No Tories, nothing but Peter, Kate, Buzz, Megan, Linny, and Jeff. And my aunt and my cousins. And if he has time, my Uncle Frank. Okay? Okay. See what I can do. Thanks. For a silly movie about a kid way too young to be alone, this scene feels actually kind of powerful because we're watching Kevin realize that as annoying as his family can be, he misses them. And when he misses them, he feels so alone and so isolated, especially when the world is way scarier than he was prepared to handle originally. This scene is when we finally get the culmination of all of the actions in the movie rising to a point where Kevin feels like he can't really take it anymore, even though we know he does. What's up, booby traps? But this is the scene to me that fully spells out Kevin's isolation and his lonely situation, and I think it's important that we all understand that families shouldn't leave their kids alone for Christmas. Welcome to Story Shaped Life, a podcast where we try to help make sense of the stories we believe about ourselves, others, and the world we live in. We're your hosts. I'm Sam. And Ben. And this season, we're talking about emotions. We're joined by Emily, a licensed professional counselor who will help us unpack the meaning and motivation behind the way we feel. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to A Story Shaped Life. If you, for some weird reason, are listening to this as your very first episode... Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. And I have so many questions for why you would uh, click on loneliness. Okay. Honestly, if I was flipping through a podcast I didn't know and I saw loneliness as a subject title, I might click on it. Okay. If that's true, then I also also need, exactly. I also need you to go back to the type four episode of our first season and just listen to that. Anyway. Um, we are really excited. This has been a fun series so far, and we have a long way to go. Just as a quick recap, I'm Ben. And I'm Sam. And you've heard this in the little intro before. Uh, Samuel and I are brothers. Uh, we started this podcast months ago, um, just as we were both working through kind of these questions, again, of the of what um, stories we believe about ourselves, about others, and the world around us, and and the tools that we were finding to help us make sense of those. And um, so that's how we started this conversation. And then we've this uh, episode, this episode, this season, we've added emotions. No. <laughs> you. No, you. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Emily. Me. <laughs> My wife, um, who is a licensed professional counselor. 
Anything else about you that people should know? I like cats. <laughs> you do Who like. likes cats? <laughs> Who likes cats? So yeah, let's get into this. Let's just jump right in. Emily, why don't you give us a definition? Start us off with what is uh, loneliness? Yeah, for sure. Uh, loneliness is going to signal to us that we are in need of human connection. And it's going to give us the energy to risk letting ourselves be known. Okay, you've given us up until now, a uh, kind of a role and a purpose for each emotion. Um, but I think it's it would be good for you if, if you could help us unpack that a little bit more. Like what's actually happening? Because most of the time we talk about emotions as like, I don't know, help me out here, Samuel, like this feeling or this, right? Like the uh, a sensation. Um, but you're talking about emotions in kind of more of a role and a purpose that, that they each have, I guess, um, through that sensation. So right. help, help us understand that a little bit better. Um, so I like to think about our emotions like our five senses, um, just like we hear, taste, touch, feel things. Um, this is kind of a another addition to that. So emotions help us interact with our surroundings and what we're experiencing. But what's a little different is they can give us false information where our five senses begin with an experience, emotions begin with a thought. So if that thought isn't accurate, then our emotions are based on something inaccurate. And on that note, I think that emotions are perceived as our reality. And I say that to say, if someone's uh, looking at uh, a mirage, is that the right word? A mirage? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. They believe that to be true. Right. Because that's what they're seeing and that's what they're perceiving. Yeah, true. And in the same way, people believe their emotions mm -hmm. to be true. Yeah. Their emotional response to be true to the situation. Yeah, that's good. So before we get too deep into the conversation of loneliness as an emotion, what are some words that we can set up that are, that are substitute words that we use in place of loneliness? I think sometimes people aren't aware that it's loneliness and they just feel sad. Like they they recognize that something's off, but they don't know that it's because they haven't had connection with people. Hmm. Very different from the other emotions that we've talked about already. And I think the ones that we're going to, loneliness seems to have less words that we revert to. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I hear people say, or if I say, I feel lonely, but that's more because we're not good at expressing exactly Emotions. what we're feeling, right? Maybe isolated. That's good. Yeah, that's a good one. I think that a lot of the words that are associated to the f emotion of loneliness are often words that people say against other people. Yeah. If that mm, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, so true. I hear a lot more of the sentence like, why didn't you text me? Why didn't you call? Or why didn't you mm -hmm. talk I'm feeling to me? left out. Or, oh, Ooh, feeling left out a is one. a great one. Yep. Mm -hmm. Great one. Yeah. Rather than just saying, I'm feeling lonely. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think. And this is kind of moving on in our conversation, but I think that's such a setup for failure. Yeah. Because it's there is so much more that you can do with I'm feeling lonely than with I feel left out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great place to jump off into how do we see our culture respond to the feeling of loneliness um, or to the emotion of loneliness? I've been thinking about this a lot this week, and it seems to me like there's two extremes in the way culture responds to loneliness. There's one extreme that says, 
you have every right to feel lonely and that almost relates to loneliness. Like I feel like there's this big subculture of people who love to find lonely people, mm. you know? Like if there's ever a tweet about loneliness or feeling left out or feeling, you know, unloved by the people around you or I don't have any friends. Unloved, there's another good word. Yeah. Uh, there's such a response to that. Like people jump on that and are like, me too. And like it's, I I, I think of the other subculture of like songs about being lonely mm. that everybody loves to jump on. I, I do too. I, I completely relate to that. It, it almost like romanticizes mm-hmm. loneliness yeah to be this this feeling you can just kind of sulk in yeah I, that makes me think of another word is misunderstood yes mm. definitely Man, just coming on strong with those words yeah and then the other side i feel like is very much a culture that tells you you are not allowed to feel lonely yeah. because that is 100 percent in your hands yeah you're fully responsible and there's something wrong with that. you yes, because exactly. you feel it it's completely negative yeah. It's it doesn't serve a purpose. You're just creating it in your own mind. Mm-hmm. And I see and hear that a lot. Yeah. So would you say then these two groups are the two extremes of how we view our own agency when it comes to loneliness? Mm-hmm. One group yeah. says, I have no agency. My how if my feeling of connection is entirely dependent on other people. And the other group says, uh, my feeling of connection is entirely dependent on myself, which neither is true, right? Like exactly. you can't exactly. control other people. That doesn't work. Um, and you also can't let others control and decide all of your sense of connection with other people either, right? That mm-hmm. doesn't work. Exactly. I think another important topic to bring up when it comes to loneliness is the difference between being alone and being lonely. Um, being alone is like a physical condition, where some of us is a necessity (laughs) (laughs) true and feeling lonely is an emotion so you can feel lonely in a crowded room yeah that's good Yeah. yeah coming out of like college culture i think is a big you can see that so clearly for sure because i myself have found myself in situations trying to compensate loneliness with not being alone Mm. Oh, and yeah. then realizing that the loneliness didn't go away. It doesn't actually yeah. fix the problem. And I, yeah. I, I think of that like college, like you're always doing something. You're always with, you know, seven people at your apartment. You're always with people at all times. Mm-hmm. And it, it does nothing to solve the issue. Yeah. And yeah, then you either are left alone. Like I I struggle a lot. I, I think loneliness is one of the ones that it comes up a lot and I'm yeah. learning to communicate it a lot more. Mm-hmm. But it has been so revealing to me how I use not being alone as a way to compensate for loneliness. Yeah. yeah. No, because totally then I'm in a situation where I am alone and I can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I've, I'm suddenly more lonely than I was before. Right. I'm the same lonely. I'm just not using something to compensate. Yeah. Yep. Or to cope. Yeah. Cope mm-hmm. is a good word. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think that is something that I've had to grow up in a lot. I mean, we joke about this. I've told this story many times, but I used to live in a house with, what was it, seven other people, lived in this big house together, and I was rarely ever alone, but every once in a while, they would all leave to go do something, or I'd come home from work early or whatever, and I could not handle being alone, so I would go across the street and watch uh, NCIS with this older couple that we got to know, this, <laughs> and like bake banana bread or something, and my roommates would come home, and they're like, where are you? I was like, I'm across the street watching NCIS, and, because I hated being alone. Um, and I think now years later, 
I recognize how in a healthier version of yourself. Yes, how unhealthy that was because what I was trying to avoid was loneliness and thought, oh, what I have to do is just spend every waking moment around people, um, and that actually ended up being extremely draining and and emotionally stunting. I think for many years. So to kind of take a step back, we're talking, we're already kind of talking about coping mechanisms for loneliness, but what does healthy loneliness look like? Yeah. I think there's an understanding that loneliness doesn't kill us, right? Like you can spend a night alone, a Friday night alone at that, and you're okay. It it doesn't ruin you uh, because it doesn't speak to your identity. There's nothing wrong with you for being by yourself. Um, maybe it's even a good thing to be alone with your thoughts for a while to process and reflect. Um, but then when it's time to be moved to action. Healthy loneliness pushes us to get to know other people, to uh, maybe go somewhere where we normally don't go, uh, be uncomfortable somewhere, um, and risk letting ourselves be known by by people. Real quick, because I think this is really interesting. You just talked about loneliness and kind of our fear of loneliness because of what it might say about who we are and our identity. Mm -hmm. I think that connects a lot to what we said last episode with fear and how there's certain emotions that are seen as weak. And I wonder if in large part, it's because we worry that those say something about who we are, right? Like if we're afraid that says, because it's a quote weak emotion, that's not true, but you know, in our culturally, we worry that it means that we are fearful. Like we are right. that, That we're afraid people and I think you see that a lot in loneliness, that we experience loneliness and we think, oh no, I'm eternally lonely. Like I am, right, like I am an alone person uh, and and there's like a fear of, of it. Or people don't want to be around me. Right, exactly. Right? And it, it, I don't know, I think this is really interesting. We didn't touch on this last episode, but I think there's something about, again, that weak emotions kind of being tagged to our identity and the fear that that can create about that being true in us. Um, I think this is, yeah, true about all of the emotions. There's a healthy level of acceptance of them. We don't want to get in the habit of wallowing in them, staying stuck in our loneliness, staying stuck in our sadness or anger. But if we never uh, are comfortable sitting with them, then we, we can't do the work that we need to to process them. So recognizing that the emotion itself doesn't mean anything specific about us. It's just giving us information about what we're experiencing. Yeah. And you touched on something earlier that I want to bring up again. And it's the, the, the risk factor that, yeah. that loneliness really empowers us to do. Mm-hmm. And I want to clarify that that risk is not only to go meet someone new. It's also maybe to take a relationship to the next level. Yes. In terms of like, sharing more about your life and and in my life it's looked like me looking around at you know the hundreds of friends I have realizing I don't have a deep connection with one of them being like maybe I should share something deeper yeah Yeah, maybe I should have a deeper conversation and that's what loneliness really empowers yes so it's really such a cool tool for connection yes Mm -hmm. for, for having human connection and that's something super valuable and that speaks to loneliness being a valuable emotion yes it is not only negative it is what empowers us to have relationships with others yep Yep. i think 
to what you were saying, Emily, that idea of like, you need to let it do both parts. So one, you have to listen to it so that you can tell, oh, I, I am missing human connection. And then you have to actually let it motivate you to go make human connection. You exactly. need, if you just do, if you don't listen to it at all, then you miss out. And if you just listen to it and wallow in it, then you don't let it finish what it started. Right. Samuel, you brought up the college culture um, earlier and I've seen a lot of issues come up for people whenever they graduate and there suddenly is not an environment that naturally um, attacks their loneliness Yeah. Um, when there aren't student life activities and games to go to and study groups to be a part of and someone sitting in the cafeteria next to you to eat a meal and you're in the real world, in your apartment, eating alone on your lunch break, and suddenly it feels like there aren't any people around. Because people haven't practiced paying attention to loneliness, it really seems to kick in in that season of life. In bringing up emotions and relationships specifically, that kind of brought to mind a point that I would like to discuss, that I would like us to discuss, about how... Even though emotions very much, you know, change based on the environment, they're also something that we hold, and it's our perception of the environment. Correct. And I, I think one of the tendencies we have as humans is to put that perception onto others. In other words, we make other people responsible for the emotions that we mm-hmm. feel. And I think specifically loneliness is a big one in that subject. Yeah, We make other people responsible for our loneliness. Yep. I think anytime you're tempted to say the phrase, you make me angry, you make me lonely, you make me sad, that's room to, or that should be (laughs) a room to step back and be like, "Mm, I'm making someone else responsible for my emotions. How can I take on that responsibility myself? Yeah. It's like you were saying earlier, Samuel, this, this idea of like, we get into this space where we think we're allowed to wallow in something because somebody else has done something to us and it's really on them to fix how we feel. And yeah, and I think loneliness is, like you're saying, a really helpful emotion to begin to notice how we do that, to put the impetus on them to fix how we feel just makes it basically makes us lose our ability to do anything about it, right? Mm-hmm. To, to, to process it, to, to change our, uh, our actions to just choose to set up a boundary or to walk away or to move closer or whatever, because exactly. it's, it's back on them and that you lose your, your agency. And that's where we come into this important balance of realizing we are not denying that sometimes an injustice has been like enforced on you is if that's the right way of putting yeah. it. Uh, we're not denying that sometimes Bad people do bad things. Yeah. Sometimes good people do bad things. Sometimes you scary, are, scary things happen or yes. somebody leaves you when they should have been close to you yes. or whatever. Yeah. And there's no denial of that. And there's no denial that that will, that situation brings on pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, the steps that follow that situation and your emotions in that situation now are on you. Mm-hmm. And that's really, it's a hard conversation to have. Mm-hmm. But the conversation is not to put a sense of blame or put a sense of 
you know, you are supposed to fix this all yourself. It, this, none of this process is supposed to be do, done fully alone. But I do think it calls us to take on those emotions and do something with them. Mm-hmm. It, it's a call to action. Yeah, even if that's just expressing a need. Like, hey, I'm feeling left out in this relationship. You don't seem to invite me to do anything anymore. Like, maybe that person had no idea that you wanted to do something with them. So there's no opportunity for connection because you're not telling them that you want to be a part of what they're doing. By simply stating the need, it can correct the situation easily. When when you don't take on those emotions yourself, you cycle in bitterness and that emotion right. over and over and over again. Right. Because there's never a resolution. Yep, and you're stuck. And honestly, if we look at it practically, by doing that, you are giving so much power to other people right. that yeah. don't need that power. Right. Yeah, or care or aren't paying attention. Exactly. Not, not even that they're bad. They just they have their own stuff that they're doing. Yeah. Part of taking on emotions is taking that power back for yourself. Yeah. If we paid attention to that alone there would be a lot less lonely people in the world (laughs) yeah 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 and and to that i would also say like take opportunity i think we all need to see that there we have opportunities to practice that no one gets good at that overnight it's recognizing how can i in the situation that i'm in right now practice you know taking ownership and taking back my agency when it comes to this particular emotional issue so in again in the field of loneliness it's how can i build connections uh, with people outside of the rhythms that somebody else is giving me, right? Exactly. Um, if it's fear, you guys help me out. Let's come up with some other ones. <laughs> if it's, I think it's fear. It's, it's, oh, like you were talking about last episode. It's how can I recognize one, this thing is making me afraid. And then two deciding, but I'm going to choose to step act into it. I'm going to choose to step into it or choose to, or choose to get out of something that I've continued to just say, oh, I have to stick with it. Or Right. Like it's, finding these small places where we can begin to rewrite essentially in a lot of ways neuro pathways that we've created about how the world really works right yeah and going back to the root of solving the issue if you don't recognize that the issue is loneliness you're going to try to find every wrong way to solve that yep yeah. i mean you're going to you're going to try uh, activities you're going to try I I don't want to get like super deep and dark, but like my first thought was like drugs, yeah. but, you know, like you're going to just, just watching NCIS and making banana yeah. bread I heard, or just like binging out on TV yeah, shows. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Because you haven't identified when you identify that it's loneliness, right. Then it, it really empowers you to be like, Oh, so here's what I need. To yeah. Do. And that's so important because, and this speaks to something you mentioned earlier, but I feel like loneliness is so tethered into our image. And that's why right. it's so hard to take that right. first step. Yep. I, I know countless times that I've sat in front of my phone wanting to text someone to just hang out mm-hmm. and just being afraid of the response. Right. What if because, they're busy? Exactly. What does that mean about me? Exactly. And it, it it's very tethered into our identity. Mm-hmm. And I think social media culture doesn't help this either. Right. Because there's such, they value you know, being at the party, they value being with people. They value who the people you're with. Yeah. And so it's and it creates a perception that everyone else is busy. Exactly. Totally. Exactly. And that no one else feels lonely because right. everybody else is with someone else. You mm-hmm. know. And so, 
you're having to the merit of all of us, mm-hmm. we're having to navigate a pretty windy road. Yeah. To to arrive at solving loneliness, I yeah. guess. Or yeah. or receiving loneliness and responding to it. And I know we'll unpack this more as the episodes progress, but culturally we are so unequipped to handle rejection. Yeah. All of these emotions, I think to a degree, but especially loneliness, involved involve you learning how to respond to rejection. Mm-hmm. And not responding by blaming that other person, mm-hmm. not responding by making other people responsible for your emotions. Mm-hmm. But or really, to never try again, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's hard. It is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think speaking to the like being um, a lonely in a crowded room or um, being in the position where you're looking on social media thinking everybody's busy, just a reminder that loneliness exists inside of um, friendship, marriage, family, like the the people that you think are least lonely might be the most and there's always a need for connection you are not the only human that has a need for connection chances are there's somebody that wants connection just as badly as you do very close by i think we as humans have kind of an innate ability to identify what people are really going to be the people we should be investing more in and what people we shouldn't. And maybe it's not as obvious as just like looking at a list of people and knowing. Maybe it takes some meditation. Maybe it takes some time. Maybe it t- takes some, you know, thinking to yourself. But I think we're so quick to jump to the next person that we know won't reject us mm. rather than jump to the next person that we know we need to improve that relationship with. Or yeah. to invest in a relationship that has rejected us so we can feel better about ourselves. When really we should just say, they're not, this isn't working. Yep. I know I've done that way too many times where it's like, they've said no, but I'm going to keep trying because it makes me feel better. Like I want, I want something, some concern or worry I have about myself answered. And instead of spending more time with the people that are already answering that and saying, yeah, you're worth it. I'm in. I, I go around chasing people that, that won't and don't care and have already proven that they're not going to do that for exactly. me. Exactly. That doesn't make them bad. Yeah. They just haven't done it. Yeah. That's really good. And that's to speak to you are not everything to everyone. Yeah. And same goes both ways, you know? Mm-hmm. And and that's just part of life and an important part to get accustomed to. Right. Okay, so Emily, help us by wrapping this up with answering the question, what happens if we don't allow ourselves to experience loneliness? We stay disconnected. Boom, drop mic, get out. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> More like shed a tear in the room alone (laughs) with the lights out. So everybody go listen to the Smiths in the dark by yourself and and feel lonely until you don't. I don't know if everyone listening is really going to catch that. Okay, never mind. Got to use something. More accessible. Pop culture. Like like, Billie Eilish. Okay. (laughs) Is that too far? Yeah, that was too far the other way. Um Whatever your middle ground sound mu- sad music <laughs> looks like. <laughs> so everybody go out and I guess listen to some sad music in a room by yourself for, you know, a healthy amount of time and let, let your loneliness actually hit you and then go out and let it motivate you to build some human connection. That's what, that's our, that's what we're saying basically. 
Yeah. Cool. All right. Last couple of things. One, two chunks and a hunk. Go listen to them. Big shout out to those guys. Thank you so much for doing our little intros, our little video intros. Um, those have been super helpful and just getting us to, I don't know, I guess basically what we're hope is to, that those clips from movies help us think and feel the emotion a little bit before we actually get into the discussion. So pretty cool stuff. Thankful for them. Remember that at the end of this season, we're going to be doing a hopefully a Q&A with a couple different people. And we would love it if you sent us today some questions about loneliness, some questions that you have about this emotion, or maybe one of the episodes in the past, maybe one of the episodes in the future. You can do that by emailing us at storyshapedlife at gmail.com or through our Instagram at storyshapedlife. Also, don't forget to send in your words because we're going to make a feelings wheel. It's like a flavor wheel for <laughs> but feelings. feelings. <laughs> Man, I'm just happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, at the end of this. Yeah. So. And we want that to be as helpful as possible. So send in the words that you use that just in everyday conversation to explain different, different emotions. And then join us next week as we unpack safety, which is probably an emotion that you haven't heard a lot about, but it's definitely an important one. Absolutely. And one worth talking about. Some so. would say the most important one. Ooh. Oh. Don't give it away. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>